for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome to Living Life. May the Lord bless you as you spend time in His Word today. I want you to ask you to imagine something for a moment. So imagine that you are praying and praying earnestly to God. And then suddenly in the midst of your prayer, an angel comes and interrupts your prayer. And that angel comes to give you fresh new insight and understanding into God's Word for you. How would you react as this angel imparts to you information regarding the future, important information regarding future events that are regarding the people of God? Some of this information may be literal, some may be symbolic, and some of it may be a combination of both. And maybe at the time, you wouldn't even understand what exactly this information was about. This is the situation that we find ourselves in today's passage. As Daniel is praying earnestly before God, the angel Gabriel comes to him and speaks to him a message that is directly from God. So let's take a look at today's passage now. Daniel chapter 9 verses 15 through 27. Now, Lord our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand and who made for yourself a name that endures to this day, we have sinned, we have done wrong. Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and the iniquities of our ancestors have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. Now, our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, our God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act. For your sake, my God, do not delay because your city and your people bear your name. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and making my request to the Lord my God for his holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. Seventy-sevens are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. Know and understand this. 
From the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler, comes, there will be seven sevens and sixty-two sevens. It will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. After the sixty-two sevens, the anointed one will be put to death and will have nothing. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end, and desolations have been decreed. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And at the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. Welcome back to Living Life. We'll take a look at verses 15 through 19 now, where Daniel appeals for mercy to God. You see, Daniel has been praying and interceding for the people of Israel before God. He has been confessing the sins of the nation of Israel, of their faithful, unfaithfulness to God, and how they have broken His covenant and turned away from Him. And he pleads and prays to God for mercy that he will restore the people and their city. And he recalls how God delivered his people out of Egypt with a mighty hand. If you, if you recall back in Exodus, God freed his people from slavery and bondage in Egypt. And he brought them all the way through the wilderness and into the promised land. He guided them and it was all by God. The parallel that we see here is that the return from exile is, in a sense, kind of like a second exodus for the people of God. And Daniel continues to pray and confess that the people have done wrong. Right? They have sinned, and he pleads that God will turn away from his anger and his wrath toward the people. But also Daniel acknowledges that the people have done nothing that warrants them to make this request, certainly not because they were righteous. They were not. So their only hope now lies in God's great mercy. So he appeals for God's mercy, that God would listen and that God would act. In a similar way, we appeal for God for mercies every day, but it is not because of anything that we have done or that anything we can possibly do but it is all because of His great mercy and what He has done for us in Jesus Christ and His salvific and redemptive work on the cross. Next, we'll take a look at verses 20 through 27. And here we see the prophecy of the 70 weeks. So while Daniel is praying, he is interrupted by the angel Gabriel. This is the same angel who interrupted his vision in previous chapters, like chapter 8. So Gabriel is here, and he has been sent directly from God to give Daniel some new insight and understanding. Remember, Daniel's prayer was based on his reading of Jeremiah's prophecy that the exile would end in 70 years. So Gabriel tells Daniel that the end of the exile will start a whole new process, and this process will last for 77s. This is basically 490 years. I know some of the terminology with the weeks can be a little confusing, but 
basically during this period, Gabriel outlines three, uh, six things that will take place. The first thing is the finishing of transgression. The second, an end to sin. Third, atonement for wickedness. Fourth, bringing of everlasting of righteousness. Fifth, the sealing up of vision and prophecy. And lastly, sixth, the anointing of the most holy. So these verses can be a little confusing and complex with a lot of the literal and some symbolic figures and meanings. But in short, these six actions, they point to evil being purged and righteousness being established. It points to the rise of future kingdoms and it points to a future of hope and restoration for the people of God and the coming of the Messiah, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Today's passage shows how important future events have already been planned and are being put into place and being perfectly executed by God through His perfect timing and His perfect ways. God is sovereign. He is fully in control of all things, and He will make all things come to pass in accordance with His will. We can also find comfort knowing that even in the midst of living in a broken fallen and imperfect world that we can always have hope as believers because of Jesus, our Savior and Messiah, and His work of atonement on the cross for us. Yes, as God's people, we will face trials, persecution, suffering, and much hardship in our lives in this world. But these are all just a reminder that something is wrong with this world and that the only thing the only person who can make things right is Jesus. It's a reminder not to put our hope in the things of this world, but in Christ alone. May we as believers continue to trust in God's sovereignty and that all things are in His hands. And may we hold on to the living hope we have in Christ and look with great anticipation to our future restoration through our Lord Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we come before you and we thank you and we praise you for you are sovereign. You have everything fully in control and we know that all things will come to pass in your perfect timing and in your perfect ways. May we continue to trust in you even when we don't understand. May we continue to know that you are our living hope. And as we live in this broken and fallen world where we will go through many difficult things, may we hold fast to you, Father God, knowing that you are working everything out for our good. We thank you for that promise. We thank you for your protection, your provision, and for always holding us in your hands. We look forward with great anticipation to the time where we will be fully restored to you. And so we praise you with great anticipation and praise and glory and honor all to your name. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.